everyone, and welcome to Woo! Seed Partners. Yeah. <laughs> I like throwing in the unexpected, except that it's impossible, I think, for me to start this without just immediately laughing. Yes. What is that? Why do I do that? Because you're already ready to have a good time. It's like I just want everybody to know that this is fun. Listen, I'm having fun. <laughs> You should be having fun, too. Isn't this great? What a way to start your Thursday. This is, this is what you do for shows, too. You're like, I'm going to start off. We're going to go out there. We're going to have a big bang, high energy. <laughs> Isn't it going to be amazing? <laughs> What's really great, I have I have done some things where people are like, you're a little too intense in the beginning. Like, I think you need to hype people up. And I'm like, no, they need to know this is going to be intense. So I'm going to let them know this intensity. Is that like one of those alpha male move things that you do? or I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. Is that a bad thing? It's like you're establishing your place. I think that some people just need to know when, like, I mean, not every show. You you don't, I don't think you get hyped for every show. I think there are some high energy shows where you have to go out there just like guns blazing, like, woo, it's going to be true. great. And then there are other shows where you're like, you need to kind of sit in it and be like thoughtful. Yeah. That's not where I wanted it to go today. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. How do we have full conversations about what we're going to talk about, and then this happens? You like you like immediately dove into the um, the the depths, something that's a little more deep. Um, mm-hmm. When yeah. we're doing our little jokey talky bit at the beginning, exactly. Hey, Even I we don't did, have a structure. I was trying to think about some weird little things. I feel like uh, now that I spend so much time with like teaching younger kids, like just the weird things that the kids ask me are now interesting to me. Like immediately whenever I tried to start something the other day, I think I sent you a video of this actually, um, where I set my phone up in the classroom and I was going to try to send Lexi a reaction video to the kids whenever I pull my mask down just a little bit to like scratch my beard sometimes Mm -hmm. in the middle of class. And all of the little, little kids, whenever I have the preschoolers on those days, um, they all scream. Like all of them and think that's it's hilarious. hilarious and they all scream. And then I put my mask back on and they're like, do it again. I'm like, what? <laughs> when did my face become high end entertainment? Like, I don't even have to say anything. I just show it and it's hilarious. If you knew it was that easy, would you have been doing that most of your career? Yeah, I definitely would have been doing that for the entire career. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of this class and I put my phone down just really fast and like put the record button on because I was going to send Lexi this video. Um, to make her laugh and I went to do it and then one of the kids just started saying over and over again Mr. Cody you're soft like butter (laughs) yes (laughs) and I was like what no I didn't know if I heard that correctly and I was just trying to like start the lesson you're soft like butter (laughs) wouldn't stop saying it like, what in the world is that? And I honestly just always assume that there's something that I don't know, like the kids know something that I don't. Yeah. Like, there's some kind of joke about this. But this is a four-year-old. Like, I don't even... One, it made me feel very self-conscious. I was, I was like, man, I thought that I was doing really good. I thought that I had, like, lost all this weight. I was like, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. You're soft like butter. It was just very strange. It was like, no one has ever said those words to me. That's... <laughs> <laughs> and then just like today, uh, today in one of those other classes, one of the kids, you know, just the free information that they offer up is just always so funny to me. Mm. Like the, um, hey, my mom got in a car accident. And she hurt her hand. When did that happen? I don't know. 
<laughs> like, all right, going but back. But it to, happened. Going back to the lesson is like, so do you need another piece of paper? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, now that we're, we've cleared that up about your mom, I hope that she feels better. She's fine now. Okay. It was before I was born. Well, <laughs> like, where does it come from? I kind of feel like me teaching those children is is payback sometimes when they do that to me for the conversations that Lexi has to have with me. I Yes, I can definitely see that because there are a lot of times when you are throwing every idea yeah, it just like that all, comes to your mind out. I sometimes forget that we're in the middle of a conversation that isn't about what we were talking about three hours ago. Yes. And it just pops into my head and I'll say it. And she's like, what? And then I, for some reason, am confused at why she doesn't understand. How are you not tracking with what like, I'm I, saying? We were just talking about this just like three days ago. <laughs> like, oh, well, keep up. Um, but, uh, anyway, I was just, I wish that I could, I, I should start writing all that stuff down. It's just, yes. just so, so journaling fun. like, um, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. I think I've, I've spoken about my feelings about that. Yeah. I don't know if I could True. do it. Speaking of three days ago though, you were just doing a zoom show, correct? Like you recorded that? I did. It was the first time I ever did anything like that before. How? It was very strange. I had, a, um, and a, uh, like a professor, and I was going to say old professor, but I don't think that she would appreciate that term. <laughs> she was, she is not old, but she is a professor that I used to have. And um, we also had done some theater outside of school together. Yeah. But she had sent me a, um, a message and they had to do some like quick turnarounds on an actor that they lost, but not like lost in the woods. Like that they didn't have anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she... So she sent me this information. It was a show, show that she had written, and it was uh, it was a trip. I don't know. I can tell you yeah. that it actually is the reason why it kind of made me think that we should talk about what we were talking about today. Yeah, and I'm sure that whenever I told you what I wanted to talk about, that that's immediately where you're like, "Hey, yeah, <laughs> this well, is what this is about." Well, yeah, that could definitely be the 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 lead in there because it. I know that if you were living in Chicago, you would have charged for your services of yeah, appearing of course. In that. Like whenever I was doing, you know, to a to an extent, I would have definitely been like, "Look, you're gonna have to pay me yeah. to give my time because it's mm-hmm. what I do for a living." Um, and even though I still do it for a living, it's it's a little bit different. Yeah, and of course, it's for a friend, and I mean, you do things to help people out, but um, and it was obviously an emergency situation. But it was a lot of work. I wasn't expecting it to be as much work to do a Zoom show. I was just like, honestly, when she reached out to me, I was like, oh, yeah, I'd do this. Like, it's a Zoom show. Yeah. I'll read it. It's going to be an hour of my life, probably over the course of two days. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't really think it was going to be like a two-person show, Mm -hmm. um, which is what it was. And... um, that they would have been like rehearsing it and the other character was off book. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I was having a position. <laughs> I had to position the camera. Like the, my setup was hilarious. The way <laughs> I actually ended up filming it at the theater, which felt a little weird uh-huh. in front of all the empty seats. Cause I had to use the black curtain and with my computer, with all of the words on it and my f- like phone on zoom as close as I could get it, to the screen so it looked like I was looking at my phone and yeah. not at the words. Oh, it was ridiculous. Um, so but you didn't want to SNL? 
yeah, I didn't want to look like, you know, any of the characters on Saturday Night mm-hmm. Live just reading my note cards the whole time. And luckily through, you know, technology and glitches, I pretty much memorized the script by the time we actually got a good recording. Out. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like a long time, but it it did. What was interesting whenever she first sent it to me, I was like, oh, well, yeah, this is fine. I could probably do this. And then when I started thinking about it, it's ridiculous because I've been wanting to perform for so long now. Yeah. And I was given this opportunity. And at first I kind of turned my nose up to it. And I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that that was my first response. Yeah. That it was like, oh, I'm, it was almost like a, I don't know if it was like a prideful thing or if it was like, oh, I'm better than this. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do a Zoom. Like, it just seems so weird and silly. And it, it seems weird and silly that I felt this way, um, especially, but it just, I wasn't happy with myself for having that reaction. Yeah. And also for complaining about it really before I experienced it. Right. And I don't I don't know why because I've been I've been wanting to perform for a long time. Everybody that I was getting to do this with were super nice. Yeah. And I mean I got to hang out with an old friend and meet some new people even though it was through the computer screen and it was a little weird, but it was a new experience. And I just don't like that in the very beginning of it, my immediate response was, I'm better than this, and this is taking of my time, my precious time, even though that I'm, you know, I haven't, I've been performing with performing with my time. And it's like, what what is that? Why is that? Why is that a thing? It is interesting that you bring that up because I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it was about a bunch of these artists who have they were talking about like what the parameters are for doing projects and things like what makes them decide and uh what they were doing and one of them is this actor and he was talking about like you know I haven't actually auditioned for something in like 15 years Mm -hmm. and I was being basically asked to audition for this thing and I was like are you kidding me right now yeah immediately he feels I shouldn't have to do yeah. this. This is ridiculous. And then he said, I I've had to there. like take a step back and remember how fun this was. Like auditioning is the one of the hardest things and the worst thing that actors have to do, period. But it can be 100%. fun. He was like, but it made me realize that special thing that I used to be so hungry for. Yeah. And that was to perform, period. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, having that moment like you're talking about here that you could step back and be like, I don't like that I feel this way. I need to stop being jaded about, you know, me mm-hmm. as a performer and just be like, I am thankful for any opportunity to act or to perform or to be a part of production, period. Well, I think that you and I are both like we we both are the type of people that like to figure out why we feel the way that we feel. Mm-hmm. And and I'm really into you know, looking introspectively at that and and saying like, okay, this is I, I shouldn't be this way. Yeah. I wouldn't like it if I was doing something and someone felt or behaved this way to me on yeah. my project. <laughs> and yet here I am because why? Yeah. Like, I mean, this is ridiculous. I have no reason to be behaving this way. So I just, I think that some of it, it is a hundred percent about pride for yeah. sure. And you almost want people to, you know, I think in a way it was, I, I want, this person that I worked with, you know, a long time ago to know that I did have success or that I am successful and, 
and maybe they don't think that and that's why they're asking me to do this yeah right <laughs> like there's they still see me as you know just trying really desperately to figure out how to have a career and I like I remember there it's was so just weird one... to think of your mindset and mine because if that would have been me I would have been like oh they know that I'm capable of pulling this off last minute. which is really <laughs> the best that which is a huge compliment to be honest and uh, you know they were so nice and then I caught myself and oh my gosh I, I feel like I feel like a trash per- I'm a trash person I feel like a trash person for you know, you like you say things sometimes and you hear it and you're like, <laughs> I am a jackass. Like, yeah. that was not nice. Why did I say that? What, whose benefit was that that I just said? That? Like, they said something and I was obviously feeling this weird rawness or sense that I needed to prove myself to this other actress who's I don't know Yeah, this other person. I just met them over a computer and they had said something about like she was she was kind of nervous about the situation and then I made some like weird stupid comment about my resume it's like <laughs> what did I just say like <laughs> I wanted them to know that I've worked but like what in the world am I doing like yeah. why did I I brought that up and I just remember like I said it and I looked off camera and was like what is wrong with you like you need to calm <laughs> down. Rain it, rain it back. Like you're, this is ridiculous. And there's just these nice people that are, yeah. And I immediately felt like a jerk. And I still feel bad about it. <laughs> like I want to send a text message to this girl and be like, "Look, this was like a week ago, and I feel really bad that I said this." Right. And I, and even though it, it's not like I should feel bad for saying it. It just made me look like a, a yeah. jerk. And I didn't like, I just didn't like that I felt some weird need to prove myself when in fact this was actually a really good time. I think that so much of it is that you want to prove that maybe you belong in these situations or maybe that you, like, I deserve to be here as much as you, and, and not that not that you really necessarily felt that way, but maybe that's kind of like the underlying thing, like, I want to yeah. prove that I belong here with you sort of deal. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't well, know I do what it think is that the like negative start to it definitely comes from a place of uh, like a, a really deep seated self-consciousness. Yeah, I guess of being like, I want I want it to seem like that I'm, you know, that I, I'm not worried about this. And so in my way of seeming confident about it, I'm going to talk down about it. Yeah. And that's Here's mostly how I battle from, my insecurities. Yeah. I belittle everything around me. <laughs> I know that this is definitely just like deep talks with Cody right now, the Cody therapy session. But it is interesting to me. Like, why is it that I have to talk bad about something to feel like a sense of like I'm I'm better? Yeah, like you're qualifying it. Well, you know what? In a moment of transparency, I will I will admit that last week in our crazy all over the place episode i cut out a bit that started off with me saying that stupid song um driver's license Mm -hmm. and i cut that out mostly because i said stupid instead of i made you listen to that freaking song yeah but i replaced like freaking with um uh, stupid and i was like i don't want to disqualify this person yeah you didn't want to make it seem like that you didn't like it or that it was not like i really like the song in the world yeah, and and I just didn't feel like it was correct or right to to belittle someone else's art. 
mm-hmm. and something that someone has literally poured their their very soul into this this situation that happened to them. I mean, yeah, she wanted to drive with this guy. Yes. <laughs> but and now she just passes his house. Exactly. And she's all alone. But it's like we with her millions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Okay, she's on like a Disney Plus show, so probably hundreds of thousands. Um, after that song, I think she's oh, yeah, probably yeah, yeah. doing okay. Yeah, I think Spotify probably paid her a pretty penny. Um, but even though this like a whole like artists don't really get paid a whole lot yeah, from Spotify. I don't Spotify, really understand yeah. the Spotify stuff, but I know that that's probably more of a deep dive on my own. Yeah, that's that could be a subject for another day. But back to this, like, I don't want to, um, and I, and I think it's the same thing that you're saying here is like we we belittle these things because it's. We, we want it to be like, well, I'm still above whatever this yeah. is. <laughs> and it's so dumb that we do well, that. It's just like how I saw <laughs> it. It's like I maybe it's it's just that we haven't been able to do things in a while. And so I'm feeling insecure about that. Yeah. And I'm feeling insecure about like my ability or just like what is going on in the world. And I want to be reminded of the fact that, no, like, hey, you had some success and you're good at what you do. Yeah. And people like it. And accolades 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 applause <laughs> right and um maybe that's what it is I'm just i haven't gotten an applause in so long I'm you like, need why? those affirmations yes apparently <laughs> like god what a terrible human being like what is wrong with me that has made me this way uh i think there's all kinds of insecurities i thought you were saying uh well stage. we're uh <laughs> quite a lot but we're it's gonna be a different episode um well crap what was i saying i don't know <laughs> Um, you need the accolades and things like oh, that. Oh, I saw, like, they posted an article about this show mm-hmm. and um, the release of it. And who knows when this was actually written. But I read the entire thing. This is so, so, so petty and sad of me to speak about this. But I read the entire thing waiting to read if they wrote anything about me. <laughs> Like, isn't that terrible? I think every person in the world that is involved with anything <laughs> reads articles but that I was involve like, them I, to see if they're mentioned. Yeah, I was like, I don't, like, I know all this other, like, whatever. And I, like, read the whole thing. And, I like, the last sentence, it said, starring guest artist Cody Walker. And I was like, mm, well, all right. Well, that could have also backfired on you, too. They could have been like, well, you know, this actress is very good. And then this terrible, non-living-through-the-character person. Oy. But still, I mean, it just, I I don't know. Maybe I just, I was thinking about that and just really trying to figure out why in the world I am the way that I am. And I think a lot of it has to do with just not having done this in so long. Yeah. You know, not being on stage in a year really starts to mess with your confidence a little bit. A hundred percent. I mean, and it is true. We we started this thing and I felt a little bit at a disadvantage because I hadn't, the first time I read the script was at a rehearsal because I've been working all day and then I had to go to an arts council meeting and immediately got home and like pulled in and they started Zoom calling my phone, like inviting me to this Zoom call. So I was like closing my truck door and walking in waving to Lexi and going into the office and was like, so you really had no time to prepare. No. And I was like, all right, I'm setting things up. And then I said that crappy thing about my resume and felt like a jerk Mm. and, Oh, just, you were ultimately flustered. And then you were trying to compensate a little bit. And then I, and then we, you know, went in, but it's, it is just a, 
it's a different world. But I think it is so awesome. I mean, really what I should have been doing the entire time and what I'm going to do now is celebrate the fact that, you know, a, a really awesome, talented friend of mine wrote a play that is being performed over Zoom that she wrote for Zoom. Yeah. And I got the opportunity to be a part of it. Yeah. And I think that's cool. And they are showing it for free. Even better. So they're like, they're putting the Zoom link out. And I'm actually going to post about it on PlayOn's Facebook and put it on our website and stuff. But um, yeah, it's just a free link for Zoom on February 13th, I think. I think it's a Valentine's Day show. Oh, nice. That should be this Saturday. Yeah. I think it's like Friday or Saturday. Yeah. It is. No, it is Saturday. They're doing like a matinee showing of it and then a. A later one um but it was really it it still was really cool like the change in a show that's written for zoom feels kind of like you're acting on camera yeah but you don't have to worry i mean there were like really funny little things that happened like the fact that we recorded two scenes and then realized that my name was written on my zoom as myself and they were like, uh, you're going to need to go in and change your name. And we got to re-record all this stuff. Like, oh, right. Interesting. You know, just like the things that you just don't expect. Yeah. Or, you know, you do a scene and then it's like, hey, um, you just finished that monologue. We didn't hear any of it because there was a massive glitch. Yeah. So we're going to go back. <laughs> like, I just performed to nothing. <laughs> so that's basically take two and Uh, it's really hard too because you know when you facetime somebody or like it's so difficult to look not not at at yourself yourself. (laughs) and why is that like we're so freaking self-absorbed like what is wrong with us i basically have to just like slide it off and hide yeah i just don't want to see it like i don't want to see what i look like because i'm going to be so worried about what they see yeah I think that it's... So it's like we FaceTime people to look at ourselves. Yes. I think it's like why we choose to do this in person in that it's more engaging. Yeah. And it's why we love theater. That's so... Okay. So I did... I saw a show. (laughs) You know what you just did? A Cody. (laughs) You over there? Over and out? (laughs) Um. I watched a show. I I watched uh, a version of Tennessee Williams one time where Tom was never on the stage with the other actors. Oh, yeah, Glass Menagerie. Yeah. Memory play from Tom's perspective, he kind of narrates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he he stands, like, on the out... The way that the stage was set up, he he kind of stood on the, the balcony, the outdoor balcony for the apartment the entire time. And he never once... He would deliver his lines from the, you know, the balcony mm-hmm. and was never on stage, and the other actors had to act with nothing on stage there was no actor yeah i saw this one and it was it was almost oh yeah that's right we saw that together <laughs> i was like maybe he's gonna remember that i was sitting i'm so sorry <laughs> but it like i i maybe tr- i'm trying to understand like that director's artistic choice in doing that um maybe that like the audience is the first person perspective of seeing it from tom's view i'll tell you that when i saw that i immediately thought oh this is a device Yes. And uh, this is something that when you're in school, you're like, wouldn't it be cool if. Yeah. But then I would think, and as a director or somebody who who was in it, I would have looked at that and then immediately thought, you know what? Doesn't work. There's no connection. Yes. The actors have nothing to connect with. So why why are we doing this? 
Yeah. And that's the point I was trying to make because it like there is such a disconnect. Yeah. For the audience, for the actors on stage, there's no chemistry. It doesn't read in well, a and like you you I know there were those moments where he was on a second floor, essentially, and you've got people staring at an empty chair. Yes. And trying to act when why why isn't the person there? Yeah. What does it serve? I saw this awesome version. I know that we're not talking about this play, but I saw this awesome version of this play in Chicago at the House Theater. And I'm pretty sure they revived it. I think they've done it twice with the exact same concept because it got such a huge welcoming. But it was interesting because in in the play they they cast Tom um, in the that was like the narrating Tom. Almost if you think of it as two characters. Yeah. They had the Tom who comes out with the magic tricks in the beginning or yeah. tricks up his sleeve or whatever, and um, he's a homeless man, like an older homeless man. And then in the memory, he's young and full of life. Mm. But the homeless man is always on stage watching it. And so it's kind of like he's looking back at the family that he abandoned. Oh, that's really And watching it out and jumping in every once in a while. Yeah. So you see, so what is interesting about that is that you have two versions of it, of, of the same show. Yeah. And there's always a Tom watching. And yet with the the version where Tom is homeless and was never a part of it, still there was this huge connection because yeah. there was distance. So you got to see in a way of like, even though it was completely inferred by the director's concept of what Tennessee Williams was meaning yeah, of, you know, the regret and the loss and basically like how his life went after he abandoned his family and you get to see him experiencing himself making that decision. Yeah. And that was cool. So you saw him connecting with the scene and you would almost bounce back and forth. You'd look at the homeless guy, Tom, and see how he experienced a scene that just happened. And then you'd look back and see him really experiencing it. And then it just like there was connection all over the yeah. place. Yeah, that's really awesome. Even though there was still that distance. Mm -hmm. It was just so cool. So, so cool. Um, I, I wasn't trying to jump in no, no, on no. your story. But, but I do like that. That, But see, you, you talked about the connection there, and you got to see the sadness of his selfish decisions right yeah. there. And I think that Zoom offers something that isn't like that concept at all in that, you know, as an audience member, I can watch both people in, in the instance of this show. Like, I yeah. can watch both people, but it is really hard when you are um, basically <laughs> an actor basically directing yourself when you're yeah. watching yourself 100 react a lot of times well and that's I, what made me think what you see that, actors actually, do on like, stage all the time because I, I i talk about the the third eye where you're watching yourself mm -hmm. perform um and we've talked about that on here before too and i talk about it in acting class which is something judith weston very much says you need to get rid of as an actor yeah you, you shouldn't should not definitely yeah. should not be doing that um because you're never fully connecting. Yeah. If you're constantly worrying about yourself, then you're never worrying about your scene partner and you're never worrying about the show. I she, mean, you're like she, worrying about all the wrong things. Yeah. She said this really amazing thing in the book and it was like, you know, you have to let go and um, this is a uh, directing actor. She yeah. said, you know, you have to let go and you need to stop judging the character. It's not the director's job to judge the character. It's not the actor's job to judge the character. It's the audience's job. 
it's the actor's job to live in it and it is the director's job to lead them to this believability. And it's almost like I would say that Moira Rose, um, uh, Catherine O'Hara, mm-hmm. completely not directing herself. She, she does not. She, she lives that is character. experiencing it in the moment. Yes. And in the same way that I would say that maybe Heath Ledger's Joker. And you know what's awesome about that? And one thing that I kind of enjoy about, uh, like whenever you and I get to perform together. Yeah. Is that we're constantly almost trying to surprise ourselves <laughs> and each other yes. with some new discovery all the time. And just being like, yes. And I think that you have to be so open to the possibility. And then also, you know, you have to feel very safe and secure in the fact that if you do fall on your face, can the other person that the other person will hopefully be there to be like what they really mean is (laughs) like, (laughs) I'm going to help them out. I'm going to help them out here. But there is a lot of trust that goes into it for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is really it was really funny and strange, too, as far as like the connection goes, because. We would be filming it, and then so- something would happen, and somebody would have to go change or whatever, and um, and so, <laughs> so it was like they were all at their theater together. Yeah, and there was the tech director, the director, and this other actress, and of course they were like all super safe and wearing masks and stuff, except for the actress, and um, I was alone at the theater, and they would jump off to go do something, and I was just like, well. I'm uh, just going to hang out here by, by all onesie. by myself <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll <laughs> walk around. Maybe I'll sing a song and then, oh, we're OK. We're going <laughs> to. Yeah, we're going to start up again. It just was very interesting. It was just the it's strangest cool thing. I mean, process, I think I would. I, I think I've said on here before that I never really wanted to do a Zoom show. Yeah. And. I would say that I don't know if I have to do it again or if I would want to produce a Zoom show for us. Yes. But I'm glad that I had the experience of the way of being like, you know, I will always be able to remember, you know, we were in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And there were these people that wrote a show that was supposed to happen over the Internet. Like mm-hmm. insanity. It's um, I, I see the allure because the other day I got asked uh, by someone Hey, would you be willing to do this? And I was like, it's not that I don't want to, but understand, like, I do a podcast. I yeah, edit a podcast. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's like a lot in life that is happening at the same time. And I don't know that I could necessarily commit to it, but I see the allure of it. Yeah. When after you had said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I could definitely especially just, especially do just anything. Like knowing that um, you're, you're just like a, a part of something mm-hmm. is so nice. But you have you're in so many different directions. And I know that, you know, just this last two weeks, for some reason, you know, we started doing those small acting classes at the theater and things just kind of seem to even though it's not anywhere near half as much as what we used to do. Yeah. It feels like. We are insanely busy. Yeah. And I know that is ridiculous, but I'm like, you know, you got your full time job, you've got your business and your acting classes, or, and it's just a well, lot. We're basically I mean, texting each other all the time. Like now that things are slowly maybe yeah. starting to ramp back up a little bit, like, hey, we doing this on this day or this day? Right. When do you have time to do this? Yeah. <laughs> and oh, and that does that does kind of worry me. But I know that I've said so many times throughout this process. Moving forward, I want to make sure that you know I'm keeping my priorities straight, and that yes. I'm. 
not losing myself and in, in just the work all the time. Mm-hmm. And that there are there are, you know, more important things. Yeah. There just are. And um even though I do find all of the stuff that we do incredibly important and it's, you know, basically what I've done with my life, as there are still more important things. Yeah. Like my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um I am really excited that we are doing this um I'm doing these two younger kid classes at the Fox and we have these older kids that have done some a lot of theater with us in the past and they were kind of wanting a little bit more of an intense acting class. Yeah. And I don't think that they were really prepared for what that meant. <laughs> Cuz the first day I was like, "All right, here we go. We want to be challenged. We're starting with we're starting we don't want with that much some challenge. Uh, we're, we're going to start with some Suzuki and then we're going to go straight into some psychological gesture and I'm going to blow <laughs> your minds. <laughs> we were thinking more like animal moves. They were yeah, they were on their way out and I was like, "Y'all were not y'all were uh, y'all weren't ready for this." They were like, "It was not what we thought was going <laughs> to." It's like, I mean, we're still going to play some games every once yeah. in a while, but my gosh. Um, but I am excited about it because they're doing some scene work and, you know, we get to talk about being a good scene partner in that class. And I think that's such an important yes. skill. I mean, doing the Zoom show this last week, this last weekend, I mean, it really is true. Even just like the connection, the being there for the other person and reacting yeah. even on a screen is so huge and it changes so much. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's what, that's what I love about, especially like our partnership and, and being scene partners in on stage is that, and I would also say in real life too, when we're in these public settings, it's like, we try to match each other's energy. Yeah, it's not fair. And it's like, what we are we turn it off? Yeah. <laughs> what are we, what are we trying? And I think that you and I think so much about like goal oriented, what is happening. Yeah. And how do we move this along? And it's also like, is it, is it, um, is Cody trying to get closer to me with every line? Can I stop him with my lines? And that's the challenge. Like I just, those are the things that like cross my mind in the middle of these like verbal sparring matches that we have in front of people all the time. Well, and then it's also like knowing that you and I are comfortable with each other so that we can make other people uncomfortable. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like we say things to each other all the time that other people be like, that was was really mean. Intense. (laughs) Like you know, you don't even know the half of that. My gosh. So is that, I know that you were kind of like talking about going into that experience and it kind of being negative. Yeah. Is there like anything, like walking into an experience and experience? Expecting it to be like a bad thing sometimes and it turns out to be like really good like is that a yeah i mean thing that you've experienced before or i hope to experience after i definitely i did that i did it again i'm so sorry my listeners um yes i mean i know that i've had that experience in the past of thinking this is going to this is going to be just a terrible situation yeah and then, you know, you get going into it and you're like, you know, maybe it's not the best, but I am having a great time. Right. Um, I know that I've gone into situations thinking they're going to be great and it was the opposite. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like this is going to yeah. be the most amazing thing. And then, you know, what's crazy about it is when I did, um, I was fortunate enough in my uh, the, the summer before my. So my, like in between junior and senior year of college that summer, I got to go do Notre Dame Shakespeare in the parks mm-hmm. and they do a young company performance, uh, which is kind of like an, 
an apprentice or internship program where you get to perform Shakespeare. Um, you get to perform Shakespeare outside and you do like a free Shakespeare tour around Indiana. It's yeah. kind of neat. And then during the uh, at, at night, you do that during the day. And then at night, you get to perform with a professional company with actors from all over. I mean, it, that's that's really how I got my start in Chicago was through this because they had so many actors from Chicago Shakespeare there. It's where I met David and it was really an amazing thing, which is crazy that that experience afforded me. Like it's where I met Susan. Yeah. I mean, so many people, so many things, uh, good things came out of that situation. It was just such a cool thing. I just wish that, which is a complete sidebar what I'm saying right now, but I wish that there was some way that we could, have something like that yeah here like if that if eventually if that is what our theater company can become i would oh my god i would be ecstatic yeah just be so amazing um but while i was there you know i was in this we got to do this professional show and then we had this young company show we were doing midsummer and for the young company and that situation was just all bad i mean it just the performance wasn't wasn't bad, but for me personally, that was the show where the director had played my part previously. It was also oh. the the person that directed that show was um like my mentor at the time. Yeah. And just like tore me to shreds constantly because I did not understand how to be him in the part. Yeah. And it just he just didn't he just uh, it was just awful. It was just the whole thing was awful. And then um, we got to go from that into this amazing experience in the evening. Yeah. It's like, man, why can't <laughs> you got to live through this thing so, to get to the thing and that's you want to kind do. of what it felt like. But I was also getting to play great roles in both of these shows. Yeah. And it was what is interesting is like I was Oberon in Midsummer, which is this amazing. I mean, it gets to say all this beautiful, beautiful language. In yeah. That show. Um, even though it was like the fourth time that I'd played that part even by then, <laughs> but it still was like this great experience to be able to play him. And yet in Hamlet, I was, a, I had less things to say. I was on stage probably more in Hamlet, but I had little, like not, not as many things to say. And it was way better experience Yeah, just because everyone was happier to be there. And it, they just, it was such a more positive atmosphere. Yeah. And I think that that kind of energy translates to the audience as well. And that oh, they know so. when people are having fun. Yeah, I think that that's really important. That you have to try to foster that kind of behavior. Yeah, it's it's weird that they can read that kind of energy. Mm-hmm. And it's like stand-up comics all the time. They're like, when they're having an off night or something bad has happened before they walk on stage. They get irritated. Yeah, the audience they, gets irritated. Yeah, they they can read that energy. It's that back-and-forth ping-ponging. I don't, I don't know what it is or how to explain it to people because mm-hmm. there's no, like definite it's the push and pull of I the ocean it's I just guess. like how you you know we we actually we were talking to some friends of ours that are really big into the development of our our downtown in marksville mm-hmm. um melissa and jacques gudo and they're they're just they're they're great they they had like moved away melissa's not originally from here mm-hmm. but i would love to have them or one of them on the podcast sometime where they we, we can actually talk to them about the revitalization of downtown because that is one of the things that one of the reasons why we started this podcast was to 
raise awareness about how awesome the arts are in yeah. small communities. Um, and they're huge into that. Um, they've started a business downtown where they they give people basically like a consignment shop, I guess is what you'd call it, where mm-hmm. a bunch of people can sell their stuff in this building, which is really cool. And then they are constantly working on grants to bring stuff downtown. And um, why am I telling you about them? I have a reason. What's wrong with me? Can I not have a conversation? <laughs> Do you have ADD? I don't know. Have you developed my disease? What has happened? <laughs> well, I got a... Uh, what has happened to me? You started talking about uh, <laughs> Shakespeare and how bad of an experience that was. And then, oh, my God, I had a reason. Oh, energies. Jesus. <laughs> Make me a bird that can fly far, far away. So anyway, so we were talking to them about um, about like the arts and stuff. And and uh it would be awesome to have them on. That's why one reason why I talked about it. But also, we were talking about we kind of had started having this great conversation about Reiki. Do you know what Reiki is? I'm sorry. Do you know what that is? You get so off track, and it's so funny to me. I've looped no. my way back. I know I'm not there yet. Uh, Reiki. No, I don't know what that is. Reiki is like a way that you can, and I'm, I might be butchering this a little bit. But what what I understand of it is, it's a way of transferring energies. Mm-hmm. So I might, um, like if I mm, did it again, over and out, um, but I'm working better. I'm trying to be a better person. So, uh, it is a way of transferring your energy to someone else, I guess. Okay. And cleaning their auras thing has to do with auras, like get dispelling negative energy is a big thing. Yeah. So is this like you can get Reiki. I'm not sure of, where it okay. comes. I actually think it might be from India. Okay. But I I'm not I'm not totally sure. Oh, Reiki, yeah, that actually. I'd have to look look into it. But um I know that it is about like transfer like they do Reiki massages, mm-hmm. but you never get touched. It's like people basically like getting very close to you, but like pulling like basically using your energies or connection. I'm not really yeah. sure. But like people go crazy about it, and apparently it really works. And she was talking to us about her like you know uh, experiences with Reiki, which is kind of neat. And my only experience was this bougie place that used to uh, like cut Ernie's <laughs> my dog's hair, and they had Reiki massages for dogs that was like eighty bucks. And I just always thought like, oh my god, you're kidding me. Who in the world is you're doing- telling me you could have cured Ernie's anxiety <laughs> years ago? I, I don't know if I, I if I could have cured it, I definitely couldn't have afforded it. So it wouldn't have happened either way. <laughs> Unless they were just doing like some kind of free Reiki grant. But Here's I don't know. Fun. Maybe there's something to that as far as, you know, people go crazy about this Reiki stuff and like the transference of energies and stuff. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is with the audience is that there's just this moment. And I, I talk to this with casts a lot and it's the way I think about it with whenever I'm an actor, is that it is truly a moment where people put down their phones and they exist in a space with no other distraction yeah. and a focal point that they can't look away from and that they're kind of forced to engage. Yeah. Like you are, I think that's one of the big things that theater has going for it to help it survive is that it is a moment, it's like a deprivation chamber. Yeah. Like you go in there and that is the world. 
It's not about your phone, and it's it's a moment where you get to just sit down and really connect with somebody. And so I think that you just pull from that. Yeah, it's so interesting that you said that because I was thinking about that this week. Like, it's easier for me, and and it's why I don't watch. I haven't watched like a TV show in a hot minute because when I'm watching a movie, and and sometimes I'll still pick up my phone because two and a half hours is a long time to not have your phone. But when I'm watching a show, I was like, why can't I do this? when I'm watching theater and it's like, Oh, because I'm completely engaged with what's happening. Yeah. But one, one, it's rude. <laughs> it's and like, it's incredibly rude. Yes. Yeah. Um, two is, is like, I'm completely engaged with what's happening. And three, I can follow the plot lines of what's happening. And if I, if it's a show that I don't know, or I'm unfamiliar with, I can have all of these thoughts mm-hmm. about what's going to happen. It's almost like I'm having those water cooler moments in my head. Right. About what's going to happen next. And I don't know what it is. It's like if I don't know, like maybe watching the equivalent of watching like WandaVision or something like that, where it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what's going on. What could be happening? Oh, this is what's happening. Oh, this is what's going to happen next. Oh, I was wrong about that. I did not see that coming. Like having that experience in real time for, you know, two hours is so great to be completely engrossed and to to just experience well, it's also it. like i i i feel like i pay the money the the ticket just to only have to worry about one thing <laughs> that's <laughs> it's right like, i'll i'll pay the price of this ticket and go and sit down and just worry about this show yes and it's it's nice you know you notice in most theater that you see except for i think there's this play dead man dead man's cell phone but um which is actually a really good play uh, that had Mary Louise Parker in it on Broadway. Why do I have this in my mind? Why I don't is know. that there? But um, you've had a lot of coffee today. I don't know what's going <laughs> on with you. It's a weird thing. But with that exception, uh, I can't think of a single show off the top of my head where people are in the show and on their phone. Oh, so here's something. I just thought of this. Um, uh, <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> um, so cute. How many times have you watched a show, but your mind not be present to the show? Like in the theater? Yeah, because I'm thinking like most of the time Man, when I'm very watching. a few times, even yeah. if it's a bad show. Because Exactly. That's what I was thinking. It's like if it's a bad show, I, think I then start to even have if these it's silent a bad show, critiques. It's, it's kind of like I'm thinking, I one, I've been there. Yeah. And uh what happened that made this go off the rails? What made this different? Could it have been better there? Like, and then I start picking out, which I know is not what is intended, yes. but then I immediately go to like, what are the little changes that could have happened mm-hmm. that could have made this great? Like what relationship or what like bad thing happened in a rehearsal that made somebody angry that now this connection doesn't work anymore yes. that wasn't resolved or why didn't all these people join the team together? Like I just start thinking about those things and then I immediately start focusing on the technical aspects of the yeah. show. <laughs> but I'm always engaged. But you're always engaged. And that's what's so incredible about it. It's very strange. I mean like you don't course, think about like, oh, today I had a bad day or this like kid called some me butter. Like, <laughs> some <laughs> some kid said I was softer than butter like twenty times. Just wanted to talk about Vince Van Gogh. Uh but I mean, with the exception of a, maybe like a couple of times going to see a show where my life was in shambles and I knew the show <laughs> and I was like there with the person that made my life turn to shambles. 
I mean, I you went with Laundry Lauren. I don't know her name. I'm just going to call her Laundry Lauren. <laughs> yeah, I have done that. No, no, no. But it you know what? Here's you another thing. I did again. go and see. Um, I did go and see a show. Speaking of just being able to be there and be engaged, I went and saw a show one time that was 11 hours long, and I watched that entire thing. I got there and it was like nine in the morning. And we were there the whole day. We left. It was dark. I mean, it was dark, dark. And went and got a drink. It was like, this was, and it was amazing. And we were there with a bunch of people. It was this really, really cool show. It was a, it was like a, a newer adaptation of, I wish I could remember the name of this show. Um, of uh, a, some some like Greek tragedies that they'd all put together into this massive drama. You said that, and then I thought, and I know that they probably interchanged actors quite a bit, but I thought, my God, not really. Eleven hours, not of really. They had lines to learn. Well, that was what was so cool was oh. with these Greek tragedies. They started off with the characters, and then you got to see because they all die or fall to pieces in some way. Yeah, and you got to see their entire cycle. It was just like you went to see the show in, in reality in ancient Greece, like when they would have been that long, you know? It's just so, so cool. High concept But for they a show. did it where I was engaged. Yeah. High concept. Only one of those actors was on the first floor. The rest of them were on the second floor, no, not no, no. looking at them. I thought it would be really cool if you had, if you started a show that could be that long, right? And they started off as these Greek tragedy actors, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we go through as the show kind of evolves and the hours kind of like roll on, they go through like... The like getting into more modern text? Yeah. So the like time progresses. Yeah, but we're seeing so the same the character text. and how like they have progressed I through time. I kind of feel like they did something like that. Where it, it did seem like it got a, a tad more modern, but I don't I don't think that 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 it was to that extent. I don't think it was. I don't have extent. the chops to write some. I do that a lot, by the way. That's my thing. I go. It's okay. We, if anything, we do this to recognize bad habits in ourselves and yeah. be- better, better people. Um, man, I wish I could remember house house of Atreus. Mm. That's the name of the, that was the name of the play. And it was developed by, um, the guy who ran the house theater that I actually talked about who did the great glass menagerie. This is like the episode for the house theater, I guess. <laughs> Way to go them. Um, one thing that's also been kind of weighing on my brain just right now is when you're running a smaller company or, you, you know, I mean, we have a, a smaller theater company mm-hmm. um, in a small community. And what like the things that we choose to put our money towards. Yeah. And how you allocate those funds and what you do with them and just how important that really is. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that a lot today because there's just so much that I would love to be doing and to do. But I know that it's not like we're not there. Yeah. Like I would love to be able to spend like all this to, to put money towards certain things. Yes. And, and I just am like, well, of course I would want to do this because it would look great. But why do I need I don't need to do that right now. That's not yeah. where we're at. It's just. I, I don't know if that's that's not necessarily like a question or anything. It's just kind of something that's been weighing on my mind. Well, it does remind me of our good friend Christian the other day basically gave us a scolding. He's like, I think that you two need to 
invest in this podcast. Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't I don't know what you think the time that we're putting into this yeah. is. But. I mean, there is a lot of investment <laughs> in it already, like a lot of investment. I mean, you you have Yes. I mean, but I, I get what he's saying, though. And it's also like, well, what do we think is important? Do well, we... it's just like when we were talking about Matthew McConaughey's book. It's yeah. like you you feel like you're putting forth a lot. Yeah. In reality, we're we're putting forth enough and a bit more. Yeah. Even though that's hard to say. Yeah, it's true. And but I mean, it is true. Like there's so many things that I really should be doing for this podcast that I don't do. And I still am exhausted why is that just like always tired i'm so tired of telling people that i'm tired it's exhausting to be exhausted you sound like george jefferson I, right now i thought you were gonna say costanza because that's what i was gonna say like, oh I feel yeah like costanza. The george costanza of life like yeah. why do i feel this way like i'm we're like i'm sad that i can't afford really awesome theater posters for a season that I can't produce. <laughs> like, why is that? Why is that weighing on my mind? It doesn't make any sense. Like, I can't even do anything about it. Like, I'm not selling tickets to any shows. I can't yeah. even have rehearsals for shows. What in the world am I upset about this for? Yeah. I just. Ugh. But it, it, it it's also kind of the same thing that we were talking about a while back about having all of that money spent for the curtain drop situation. And it's like, is is the curtain drop Should the we most? Tell people that I'm in a 60 year old recliner, or do you think people <laughs> know that? I mean, I could easily cut out all of that sound bites that happened in the background, um, but now I have to keep that in. <laughs> but it's one of those things. Like, we could spend the money on just one curtain drop and have like this very subpar looking show, or we could really invest in the people that are in it or really invest in the costumes to draw people in or really invest in the time to help people achieve the characters in a very real and believable way. Um, yes. Talking about like figuring out that, cause that was my biggest thing. Like I remember uh, talking to some of the actors in that show and it was like, yeah, they spent $30,000 in this curtain, but they didn't give us a raise. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't gotten a raise from these people in 10 years. And that's immediately the first thing that I thought when I started thinking about like, well, these are the things when we come back, I just want to go gangbusters. I want people to know that we've been thinking and that we've been working and yeah. that we're, you know, we're professional and we're doing things right and that we're worth supporting. Yeah. And, you know, that our audience base that we had before the pandemic should come back. And I think that they will. Yeah. But I want them to know that we put just as much into it. You know, that we really are thought that we're putting our like our hearts and souls into yeah. this. And um, and then I started thinking like, well, before I spend this money on uh, honestly, like thinking about it this way, like before as a company owner, I, I'm going to I have to market my show. Yes. But I'm fully capable of doing it and it being OK. Like in all honesty. Yes. And so even though it may not be the absolute best thing in the world and it's not what I really want, but I can do it and be okay and then think, well, if I had that money to allocate towards marketing and I can get by with doing it and I know enough about it to do it, then why can't I use that to either put towards something in the show for the performance or to pay an actor mm -hmm. or a technician a little bit more money than I would have been able to pay them before? 
So it's like a give and take thing because the marketing is the face that yes. people see first. And so am I more concerned with trying to get just like butts and seats in a sense? Or am I more concerned with the ones that are going to show up and then having them tell more people about our product? And then the word of mouth of being like, you know what? These people treat us really well. They, you know, they make sure that we that they're paying us what we're worth. I, I don't know. It's that like is a, a hard struggle. balance to strike because I think a lot of the people that and also with, giving other artists the chance too. Yes, it's like the people. I think the people that definitely work with you would be like, no, no, we we did this because we love the craft and we love you and we want to work with you. I think, and and I get it. I I don't know the correct answer. I don't know the right the right well, avenue to take or whatever because it's like you do want to come back and be like. We decided to invest in this. We wanted to elevate this above right. what you're normally used to maybe seeing, not only in this area, but from us. Yeah. I don't I don't know the right the right answer to that. And it's hard to look at, uh, you know, especially like an, another artist doing these things for you and how good that work is. And you want to give them the money that they deserve. Yeah, it's like you deserve this because you put in the time for this. But, but we're not there yet. If, yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I can like justify being there with you on yeah. this. And you know the thing that what's what's bad about that is I don't really know. I mean, like how much I would love to be able to be like, hey, we're gonna do some shows, and I'm gonna hire Ugly Mug Marketing yeah. to do this for me, and they're gonna like do some Facebook stuff for me. We're gonna film a commercial. They're gonna just handle my website. Like, oh my god, that would be insane. Yeah. And I would love to support them because they're a great company that supports us and that they, they support, you know, businesses in our town. They're yes. a really like a nationally recognized marketing firm. They're mm -hmm. amazing. And I would love to be able to to pay for them. But I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, it'll just be me and what I've taught myself on Adobe. I mean, yeah. like, and it's I just I, and but I want to support them to be able to yeah. support them in the way that they support us because they do a lot for us and they have done a lot for us in the past. I mean, what I do know about Facebook ads and and marketing that I haven't learned just from the business was because Wayne, the owner of Ugly Mug Marketing, essentially gave me a ticket to their social media summit. Yeah. And was like, hey, this is for new business owners and you need to come. Yeah. Because this is a great opportunity for you. And he was right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's huge that he would do that for me. And, you know, that's just a really great opportunity. And he does, and I know he does that for a lot of people. But I would also say never underestimate the power of buying someone a lunch or a coffee yeah. to like pick their brain. And I'm not saying that like th this isn't like an obvious like chastise towards you, but like anybody that I think anybody that would approach even you or I in, in a way of being like, Hey, we would love to learn about mm -hmm. how do you do the podcast or, uh, just to talk to you for an hour about acting or, or putting on a show or what it means to be a part of this community and, and things like that. And maybe even, you know, sitting with, you know, Wayne that you had talked about or, you know, somebody else that you're trying to work with. I, I think that sitting down and having an honest conversation about those things, like, Hey, what can I do that I'm not doing that I could be doing better? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely, especially uh, when it's something that somebody is passionate about. Yeah. I mean, I, of course, I love to teach and I want to talk to people about things that I love to do and to have them have a love for that same thing. Yes. That's an awesome feeling. 
um, I also want to pay my bills. <laughs> yes. So it's like this hard thing of being like, man, I wish that I didn't have to worry about. I would just, I would teach and I would do this stuff for free all the time. Like if I didn't have to charge people money for tickets to our shows, that'd be amazing. What? But that's called winning the lottery. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, I, it's just kind of like I know that there are companies that I would challenge do that, though. Theater. I don't know that free would necessarily put more seats or put more. Eyes yeah, to no, your show. I, I understand that. Because it's but also like even if you charge them even it's about a accessibility. dollar. Yeah. You know, it's just making sure that if somebody wanted to come, that they could, that they you remove that excuse of being like, oh, that's expensive. Yeah. Even though they would go and spend twice as much to go see a movie. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. That we, I know that like towards the end, I've kind of like covered a whole bunch of topics, but it's just <laughs> things that have been kind of popping into my brain. Yeah. But in other news, I am excited to meet with that guy about doing posters. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that I, I probably can't afford it, but I am excited to talk to him about it. Yeah. Just hear his process and to buy him coffee. Yeah. Well, even to just meet with someone new that has like a different perspective or an eye that you yeah. maybe don't have. To meet with other artists, I think, is always great. Mm-hmm. So. And it, yeah, just always gaining new perspective. That's true. Did I cover any actual topic today? I think we learned a lot about. Uh, <laughs> about all of my insecurities. Yeah. I will say um, that the show that I was in is called murder's disposal and that you'll be able to find it on our facebook and that it is a free zoom link and that i have more information that i will post about it that's exciting so i was trying to think if i was speaking slowly not in a sarcastic way but in a I'm trying to make sure I have all the information. Yeah, I, I saw I you thinking as known. you were saying. Yeah, I just realized that <laughs> other people can't see it. It's like, why is he speaking like that? So what is maybe something that you would like to leave people with? Uh, um, I would love for people to know that I... Also awesome about, that you self-promoted, by the way. Oh, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it not, wasn't necessarily self-promotion. It was more promotion for uh, my awesome friend, Rhonda yeah. Shook, who is an awesome writer. And she wrote this play. Um, And I would like to leave people with the thought that when they're going through their daily life, one of my concerns that I'm constantly thinking in my head is, should I revamp the website again? And um, (laughs) I constantly think about, is Cody really butter? Oh, I thought that you were going to (laughs) say, should Cody revamp the website again? Is that Cody is soft as butter. He's soft as butter. Soft like butter. Mm. Well, everyone, that was Cody. Who's Should soft that like be butter? a t-shirt? And that oh, is Chris. That's our first merchandise thing that we're doing. Cody is soft, soft like, like butter. butter. <laughs> All right, everyone. Yeah, I am so not a smart man, we, uh, <laughs> but I am also a dumbass. I am a man, <laughs> but I am a man.